The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Blitz. Tebow back. Tebow feels it. It's caught. Touchdown. Riley Cooper. Roommate to roommate. This guy's unbelievable. Come on now. You can't do this stuff. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode on The Sweet Spot. As you just heard that CBS audio from the 2008 SEC Championship game with Vern Lundquist and Gary Danielson on the call when Tim Tebow found Riley Cooper in the end zone to pretty much seal that 2008 SEC title for the Florida Gators. You know, that was Nick Saban's second year in Tuscaloosa, had the Crimson Tide one game away from competing in the national championship. As we know, Florida went on to win that title that year against the Oklahoma Sooners. So we have another matchup, a rematch between these two teams, a battle where we've seen Alabama win six straight meetings between the Gators and the Crimson Tide. So number one, Alabama, number seven, Florida, Saturday night, 7 p.m. on CBS. This is a game that is going to be a really interesting matchup. I mean, we don't get a chance to see these two schools play often, but when they do, it's usually in Atlanta for the SEC championship title. So you have Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, the two QBs going against each other. We know the Najee Harris story and the Devontae Smith, the year that he's having. These guys are all up for the Heisman. So this is another game that – They have an opportunity to pad their stats, pad their resume, one last chance to kind of solidify their candidacy for the Heisman Trophy Award. So continuing our theme on the sweet spot as we've done the entire college football season, an SEC feature featuring one game, two teams, getting a fan from each one of those teams to talk about this upcoming matchup. So you're about to hear from Craig Dempsey. He's originally from Ashford, Alabama, huge Florida Gators fan. Here's what he had to say about their matchup against the Crimson Tide. Craig, welcome to the Sweet Spot, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Glad to be here. Glad to have you on, too, man. Uh, like I said, I know I've had Ron Folsom on the show, had Nate Helmson on the show. They're Florida Gators fans as well. Uh, you know, you kind of let me have it when you heard they were on the show. That I was like, man, what about me? I got. I was like, man, Craig, I got you. I got you. Whenever I have another Florida Gator episode, I knew you was going to be my representative, man. So I'm glad I could have you here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Glad we got another game to do. Hey, and that game is the SEC Championship game, Florida-Alabama. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But you know we got to start off with LSU-Florida, what happened last weekend with Marco Wilson's shoe incident, right? So third down, the Gators' defense are getting off the field. He throws the shoe. It's an automatic first down for the Tigers. And then Cade York nails a 57-yard field goal to sink the Gators in the swamp. Now, before I get your thoughts on that whole situation, listen to what Kyle Trask had to say on the Marty and McGee show with that whole situation regarding Marco Wilson. As a guy who is a leader of that team and that program, I wonder what you said to Marco Wilson on Saturday evening or Sunday as you guys began to process that loss? Uh, you know, first of all, you know, a lot of talk has been about, you know, Marco and all that. Um, but, you know, he made a lot of great plays in that game. And obviously he made one mistake there at the end. 
but you know that that doesn't summarize um, who he is as a player. Um, he made a lot of great plays this whole entire season and and that game. And uh, first things first, we should have never been in that situation. So, Craig, who's to blame for that 37-34 loss against the Tigers? Is it Kyle Trask? Is it Marco Wilson? Is it Dan Mullen? I mean, what are your thoughts there? I think it's just a mixture of a lot of different things. It's uh, lack of discipline, um, Florida not being able to step up in big games. Um, still not to the program we need to be like Alabama and Notre Dame and Clemson. You don't see bonehead moves like that by teams like that. They can handle the situation. Um, the moment got too big for them. I think Trask, uh, you know, he's did not play the way he's played all year. Um, Mullen sitting out pits uh, without telling why why he was sitting out. Um, um, Todd Grantham still doing what Grantham does. Um, Dan Wilson just, you know, it's not the first time he's done it. Whenever we played um, Texas A&M and lost, you can look, he got burnt twice for touchdowns. Um, he's not lived up to DBU like we used to be. Um, we make big plays from time to time, but when the game's on the line, um, we seem to fold here lately. And, you know, that's a sign of a – team not being able to step up and be what you want to be for a national championship team like we should be um but if you look at when wilson threw the ball his teammates quickly saw what happened diabate ran yeah. up to him and diabate is the one that the penalty was actually called on yeah. number 11 um but he runs up to him all of them were like what are you doing and you know i think he just got caught up in the moment and you know he realizes it after the fact but you know it's all it's already done but then you drive down the field and you still – McPherson uh, still has a chance to win the game, and he's usually money. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trask did his job at the end of the game to get us down the field and opportunity to win the game, and, you know, we just missed a field goal. It, but we should have never been in that moment with LSU so down. I think we just took them for granted. But it's still LSU-Florida at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, uh, I mean, what's been, like, the feedback as far as, you know, you being a Gators fan – what are other fans saying, or what's been the response, you know, with like, regarding Marco Wilson and, and that whole shoot incident? Well, it's a lot of uh, – even if you go on the message boards and all, and you go on there and some of them are defending him, talking about it's not his fault, it's a team game. Um, but my question to all of them is, you know, as official for myself, they I'd say, well, if an official makes one bad call – whose fault is it? And they say it's the officials. Yeah, true. That football is a team game. But as an official – you're part of a team as well, but fans still want to blame the officials. So you have to blame him. Yeah, he's still a kid, but you got to step up in the big-time moments and can't do that for your team. Now, off-air, you mentioned some comments that his dad, Marco Wilson's dad, shared about the whole situation. Uh, what did you read about that? Yeah, Wilson's dad said on Twitter, he, um, you know, he, he kind of defended him, but then he also said it was a bonehead play. And, you know, the kid knew better, and he's been trained better throughout life. But, you know, it, that play's over. Now it's time to move on. Now, when we started this long, uncertain journey back in September, did you see this Florida Gators team going to Atlanta? Yeah, I um you know, I had season tickets, and uh, this was the year. Um, if you look at the schedule, it shaped up the way we wanted it to do. We only left the whole state of Florida um, twice 
during the wow. whole season. Well, well, three times. We went to Nashville, we went to Knoxville, and we were going to Ole Miss. The rest of the games, the Georgia game, the Florida State game, and out of the rest of them were in the state of Florida. Yeah. So this was the year that we um, we were waiting on. You know, Trask was back rolling the way he was supposed to be rolling, and everything was into place. So this was the year that Florida was supposedly supposed to be back. Now, you spoke on Kyle Trask. You know, he's – one of the presumed finalists for the Heisman Trophy Award, uh, along with that Alabama trio and Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones. State your case on who you think should win over the other three candidates. Well, if Trash plays the way that he's supposed to play, Trash should win it. But due to last week, Trask has to play almost uh, do a game like Danny Warfel used to play. He's got to come out and uh, just totally blow all the radars off. Um, and he can't do that without Pitts. To me, Pitts is the best player on the field. Yeah. Even though the other four are up for the Heisman, Pitts is the best player on the field. And if you do the Heisman for what its character is supposed to be worth, Trask wins it hands down mm-hmm. through everything he's been through. But at the same time, um, if Trask can't win it, I hope Mac Jones wins it because at the beginning of the season, nobody wanted Mac Jones. They all wanted Bryce Young. Now Mac Jones did it, and now he deserves it if he wins uh, Saturday. You know, you talked about Trask and, you know, that loss against LSU. People have already said, okay, that was his chance. He blew it. Like, he has 40 touchdowns and five interceptions. You talking about he blew it. Like, like, and one of those picks was just a fluke. The one where Jay Wade came up with a pick, like, that was just a fluke pick, man. Now, I don't get, like, how all of a sudden Kyle Trask isn't the favorite. He still should be the favorite to win it. I mean, uh, you know, I love Kyle Trask, man. I saw a recent mock draft that had my Steelers taking Kyle Trask in the end of the first. I would love to have him. <laughs> you shake your head, no. No. If Trask, if Trask does it the way that a lot of Florida fans want, and, you know, it all depends how much he wants money. If he comes out this year, he's the sixth quarterback pick. Yeah. If he comes back next year, which he gets an extra year, yeah. he's one of the top two quarterbacks picked. But right now he's behind uh, Lawrence Fields, um, the kid from North Dakota Trey State. Lance, yeah. He's behind Jones, and he's behind uh, exactly. BYU. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so you know, it depends on how bad he wants money. So I'm joined by Craig Dempsey, originally from Ashford, Alabama, to talk about his Gators. Now, Craig, going into the SEC championship game with Alabama, are you at all concerned about the Gators looking in the rearview mirror of what just took place? against the LSU Tigers? Not really concerned. I'm more thinking it's going to be more motivation to get up to play the game because they've been called out. Nobody's giving them a chance Saturday. Um, they're 17-point mm-hmm. underdog right now. Um, and I think that right now they have five, six-game losing streak against Alabama. Yep. Uh, so, you know, nobody's giving them a chance. So now it's time for Marco Wilson to – go out and do what he's supposed to do. It's time for Grantham to do what he's supposed to do as a D.C. Um, a lot of pressure's on Mullen to prove that Mullen's the right guy for the job. A lot of pressure's on the running game for Florida to prove that they actually have a decent running game. Um, and there's a lot of pressure on Trask. Now, you touched on that running game. What's going on with the running game? And we've always known Florida to have some solid backs in that backfield. I mean, what are your thoughts with the group they're using there? Well, I think that they're just too reliant on the pass. Um, you got to establish the running game. Um, so 
you know, Saturday, Dave got three three headed monster they're gonna try to do. Um one of the main ones other than Pierce and uh Davis is Wright. Mm-hmm. Wright's the one that is a smaller running back, kinda give um Alabama havoc like the last team that played Alabama well was Ole Miss yep. with with Ely. Yep. Ely's a small running back just like Wright and can get in and out and you know, hopefully that's what we'll do Saturday. Now, Alabama leads the SEC in total, total points scored and fewest points allowed. What about this Crimson Tide team concerns you most? Uh, the speed on the outside. Uh, Najee Harris, if he's healthy, which I haven't seen him healthy in a few weeks, um, lining up, you know, keep going back to Marco Wilson. Marco Wilson has to guard Devontae Smith Saturday. That's what his job is, and, you know, they've uh, been messages sent out talking about how he's going to try to lock him down. And also, if uh, Marco Wilson wants to rebound, he's going to get his opportunity <laughs> Saturday. So, uh, Marco Wilson's talking big game, huh? So, he's a fearless competitor. Regardless of what just took place against LSU, he's ready for the challenge yeah, against somebody Smith. You know, you got an opportunity to face the best. He's the best wide receiver in the country. So, with Waddle gone. Yeah. Yeah, Devontae Smith, 83 catches, 1327 receiving yards, 15 touchdowns. He had a punt return for a touchdown against Arkansas. I was shocked that he came back. I really thought that he would leave last year with Ruggs and Judy and all those guys. So I was completely surprised that he came back for another season in Tuscaloosa. But, uh, Craig, man, before I let you go, will Florida finally put an end to this six-game losing streak against Alabama, or will the Crimson Tide win their fifth SEC title? In seven years, um, as a fan, I would hope so. But <laughs> as a, a realist and all, I, Alabama's more than likely going to take Florida down Saturday. Too much power. Uh, Florida's defense isn't as strong as it needs to be. It's going to be a shootout, and you know, hopefully for Trask and for everybody else, you know, this will be our Saturday. But you know, looking at it as a fan and a realist of sports, Alabama should win the game by fourteen, fifteen points. So Florida's defense, as you mentioned, isn't what we've grown to know out of Gainesville. Is it personnel? Is it coaching? What is it? I think it's youth. If you look at our front, uh, Brennan Cox, transfer from Georgia, five-star. Yeah. Yeah. Then you have uh, Dexter. I mean, uh, you have Carter on the on the end, young, a true freshman playing. Uh, our signing class yesterday was the seventh, number seventh overall in the country, but it's number four in the SEC. Yeah. You know, we got three cornerbacks yesterday. It's in the top 15 in the nation. Um, we, we still have um, some people that hadn't been healthy. They're going to be playing tomorrow. Um, Jeremiah Moon, for instance, if he's playing, we're a totally different per- person. You know, but our offense has to convert instead of three and out like they've been doing. Craig, I appreciate you coming on the sweet spot, man. I truly enjoyed having you on the show, man. Hey, I enjoyed it, man. Hey, like I said, I'll have you back on. Like I said, you know your stuff, man, and I love to have guests who provide great content, and we've had several conversations off air, so – I knew uh, you would definitely do that as a guest on the show. And, and oh, yeah, you, it's you an honor. not disappoint, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, bro. Hey, this is Tana Drew Mathis for the Wicksburg Panthers. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports.
Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp, Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Phone 334-671-POOL. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Hey, this is Jack Martin for the Troy Trojans. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. This is Minka Fitzpatrick at the 20. Fitzpatrick, he will score! You just listened to the CBS audio from the 2016 SEC Championship game. The last time these two teams, Alabama and Florida, met, and it was a blowout. It was 54-16 with a Crimson Tide, just steamrolled over the Gators. Uh, that audio soundbite was Minka Fitzpatrick with a 44-yard interception return for a touchdown to give Alabama a 10-7 lead, and the Crimson Tide never looked back. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick is one of those guys that just makes plays. It doesn't matter where you line him up, he's going to make plays for your team. Uh, we saw that at Alabama where he played corner and nickel and free safety, uh, strong safety. Like, he played it all, and then – I get a chance to witness that still on Sundays as he's a member of my team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I was on cloud nine when the Steelers acquired Minka Fitzpatrick in a trade. You know, he's just one of those special talents that, um, you know, he's he's great at what he does and he's so versatile in his abilities. So um super excited to have him as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got a chance to – relive some of his moments there and uh, what he did in Tuscaloosa because I know Alabama fans love him just as much as I do. He was a guy that just doesn't really do anything wrong, but he does pretty much everything right. So that was the last time these two teams met. Here they go again, SEC championship title on the line. You heard from Craig Dempsey representing his Florida Gators. Now you're about to hear from my good friend Cass Espy. He's an Alabama grad. He's followed Alabama football for several years. Here's his thoughts on the matchup between number one Alabama and number seven Florida. Kaz, welcome to the sweet spot, man. How you doing? Corey, glad to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Man, I'm super excited to have you as a guest uh, to talk about your Crimson Tide. And, you know, there's a huge game, Alabama-Florida. We'll dive into that a little bit later in the conversation. But, man, take me back. You know, you're an Alabama grad. 
take me back to your time in Tuscaloosa. What are some of your fondest football memories when you were there? Wow, Corey. I mean, <laughs> you know, my stint in Tuscaloosa was probably one of the worst eras of Alabama football. I was there from 1998 to 2002. Um, and so the coaches that were there, I think there were more coaches that went through the carousel, uh, or head coaches, I should say, yeah. than years I was at the university. Wow. I mean, I, I think it would started with, gosh, um, Mike DuBose, then Dennis mm-hmm. Franchoni, Mike Shula, you know, finally Joe Kimes, and then after I left, and then finally Saban comes in, I think, in 07. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I remember, I think my freshman year, we lost to Louisiana State. I mean, so I, I never knew really success in football being at the University of Alabama. I, I mean, I never, you know, we always were fervent football fans and would go to games, but – it is it, it, my old Miss um, buddies would say uh, we focus more on the party, not necessarily the game. <laughs> were there uh, were there a favorite player or two that you had when you was on campus? Oh man, you know what was that guy's name? I think I think his name was David Palmer. Yeah, was, David Palmer. Him? Yes, Palmer yes. was the deal, man. He was he a real was deal. The, he was like I, I remember the UCLA UCLA game where Alabama went out to California, mm-hmm. and I think we were supposed to get our butts handed to us. And in the first, I think the kickoff, David Palmer ran it back for a touchdown. And you know, we were I wasn't there, but all of us were watching. We're like, oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna upset UCLA. And the next thing you know, they scored like. 49 you know, consecutive <laughs> points. <laughs> we just got our butts beat. But, I mean, he was like the one kind of star I remember, um, you know, while I was there from 98 to 2002. In fact, I think I had a biology class with him. But, um, but yeah, but beyond that, I mean, you know, Brody Croy was, was the quarterback during mm-hmm. that time. And right – I came in right before uh, – right after Freddie Kitchens was, was yeah. the quarterback. and. His leg, his legend was not on the football field. It was at the local bars. He would go. I mean, <laughs> we we heard we we counted had so many stories hearing about Freddie Kitchens just getting just hammered at bars and stumbling <laughs> out. So, but I mean, if you look at him when he was a Cleveland head coach, you probably yeah, wouldn't be that surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hey, the thing about that, you know, you know, talked about his tenure as Cleveland's head coach. Well, uh. He's with the Giants staff now as a tight ends coach. Well, their offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, tested positive for COVID. So now Freddie Kitchens will be the play caller for the Giants against the Browns on Sunday night. So it's amazing. Yes, yeah, amazing well, how that has turned around. You know, I, I, I wish that drunk the best. I hope he, I hope he gets <laughs> No, but I, I mean, you know, I, I obviously pulled for him to, to do well as a head coach. And, I, you know, I want him to do well otherwise. And, you know, it's funny. The Browns are—they've been so down and out. You can't help but to pull for them, and they yeah. got a kind of a motley crew with between Baker Mayfield and I've always been an Odell fan. I know he's out with a—I think an ACL, but mm-hmm. uh, but you know they've got uh, got some great players on there, and I'm you know I, I kind of pull for the Browns these days. So um, that that game last Thursday, man, or uh, what was it, Sunday night was the best game of the year. Yeah, against the Ravens. Yeah, that was yeah. a cla- man. That was a classic. It really was. I mean, what? I mean, the, the the lead changed three or four times in the last five minutes or something. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. It's crazy, man. Now, Cass, for this season with the Crimson Tide, what's been your favorite moment so far 
with this year's team? Seeing Mac Jones come out and just put all these doubters, you know, to, to, to bed. I mean, it, it's been amazing seeing him just be such a, you know, proficient passer and distribute the ball. I mean, the offensive line has given him time. And, you know, the defense between me and all my uh, buddies from Tuscaloosa, you know, we, we have a kind of a text chain. We all kind of were moaning and groaning about the defense, particularly after the Ole Miss game. But, you know, it's been nice watching them grow as a unit. And, and they've really come into their own. I think after the second half, half of the Georgia game, they really kind of locked it down. Um, but I think what stands out to me is, is really Mac Jones. I mean, you know, he you got to give the guy some – some some credit he just you know he was behind Jalen and, and Tua and then you know he, he had to come in after Tua gets hurt last year and those those two picks and against that very good game against Auburn but really uh, beyond those picks one of which I don't think was his fault mm -hmm. uh, he really played a solid game and then you know early in the season the scuttlebutt around the you know on the uh, the, the the fan pages was that you know Bryce Young was going to give him a run for his money, but yeah. man, Mac Jones, man, he looks just like, like a six year senior. You know, he just looks like mm -hmm. he just, just has control of the offense, doesn't get rattled. It's really impressive watching him. I mean, and you can't, to pull for somebody like that, who's kind of just paid his dues and set, set behind, you know, other stars and didn't transfer because, mm -hmm. you know, now with the portals and everything like that, players don't get time. They just, they just leave. So, yeah. I mean, I, I really respect him. And I think that's been like the, that and the weapons he has. I mean, Alabama's really become receiver U between Devontae. I was sad to see Waddle go down, but mm -hmm. I mean, if social media is any indication, which I've never put in my all my, my birds <laughs> in that basket, it, there's a chance he might be back on the field this weekend. So. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing too, man. That's what mm -hmm. I'm hearing that he has a chance to come back soon. I, I hope we do get a chance to see him, um, you know, return at some point in this season because he's such a dynamic player anytime he gets his hands on the he ball. He really and, does. And, and not only that, I mean, you know, he's, I mean, you know, if, if I was advising him, he's going to be gone after this year. He's mm -hmm. going to the draft. Yeah, so, for I sure. Mean, so, you know, j just like Tua, those type of generational talents, which I think he is. I mean, but it's funny how, you know, things work out because, I mean, if Waddle hadn't gotten hurt and hadn't, Devontae may not be, you know, a potential Heisman mm -hmm. candidate or having the year he's having. I mean, breaking all these records and stuff like that. But, He's been another one that's been impressive, man. The catches he makes, the hits he takes. I mean, it's he just gets back up and just does his job and keeps his nose down. It's it's impressive. The team, I don't know. I, I I've been watching Bama football for a long time, and and un, I would not have thought this at the beginning of the year, but this is probably one of the better teams I've seen Saban Field. To be honest with you, I mean, from top to bottom, um, they they just seem to be very focused and and really. Uh, you know, buying into, you know, what, what, what coach Saban is, is uh, feeding them. So it's working so far. And, you know, this Alabama team, they really seem to be hitting their stride at the right time of the season. I mean, they're clicking on all cylinders in these last few weeks. Now, Kaz, man, you talked about the defense, how they've improved. You touched on Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, but is there, a certain part of this your squad where you're hoping to see a little bit more, like there's a little bit more room for improvement for this Alabama team. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I believe it's funny how, not funny, but it's strange how a, we haven't had really a 
dominant pass rusher since I think Courtney Upshaw was the yeah, last yeah. one I can really think of that really came off the edge and and caused a lot of pressure. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've been disappointed too. I mean, not disappointed, but you know, Dylan Moses came back, and yeah. I don't know where there's an injury, or mental. He's, I mean, he's obviously I think a great general on the field as far as being sure people are in their spots, but yeah. You know he's not been that dominant presence, but I, I feel like the 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 kryptonite of any Saban defense has been a very accurate and somewhat even somewhat mobile passer. And Trask is going to be a challenge. I mean, you know, we, we've the, the the teams the quote top tier teams that we've played, i.e. Georgia, really didn't have a you know proficient quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you know Trask for all his failings against the LSU game. I mean, you know when that Kyle Pitts gets on the field and, and, you know, he's got some talented, you know, wide outs as well. It's going to be interesting to see if the Alabama defense is secondary and can really, you know, if, if, if they can go, you know, cover those receivers long enough for that pressure to get to him, to make him, you know, make a, either a throw hit that he don't want to make or, you know, push him out of the pocket. So that's, that's the one thing is, an accurate quarterback and, you know, somewhat mobile to see how we can go. And I think, you know, as dominant as the score indicated for the Auburn game, I mean, a lot of that was just some drop passes. I mean, I Mm -hmm. think Seth Williams was wide open on a, you know, just dropped the ball. So, I mean, you know, there have been some, you know, some broken uh, coverages where, where the receiver was wide open and, you know, that they would have have scored or would have scored a touchdown. So, you know, you, that is concerning for me, um, you know, to see what how the defense is going to hold up against that Florida offense that does have so much talent. So it's a true test, but, you know, if you're going to be in the college football playoff and play your Clemsons and your Ohio States with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, then you've got to show, I mean, you, you know, you know, not, not that, that they're that much better than Trask, but, I mean, this is a test. So yeah. um, we'll, we'll see. So I'm currently joined by Cass Espy from Dothan, Alabama, to talk about his Crimson Tide as they prepare for their SEC championship game matchup against the Florida Gators. So with Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, one of those four guys will win this year's Heisman. I think that's a foregone conclusion. If you had a say-so in the most prestigious award in college football, who would receive your vote? Ooh, that's a good question, Corey. I mean – you know, I guess I'm conditioned to believe, like most people, that the Heisman is a quarterback award. Because <laughs> yeah. I think it, you know, uh, you know, honestly, if I had a vote, I'd give it to Vontae. I, I just think he's just been such a just outstanding player this year. Um, I, I think that would be my vote. Um, and also, I mean, just to spread the love around a little bit, man. I mean, I think the last running back that won it was Derrick Henry. I mean, they're not yeah. quarterbacks, so to speak. Yeah. So, you know, I, the Heisman, I realize generally, I mean, goes to the, the most outstanding player, like you're saying, and that the quarterbacks usually kind of are, you know, you know, garner the spotlight there. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Devontae, to, to, to have a – if there's any non-quarterback that is deserving of the award, I think it's Devontae. So, I mean, I, to, for me, I'd give it to Devontae. But – you know, it's kind of a one A B because Mac Jones is right there as well with the year he's had. So, you know, um, so it's it's Devontae A, but Mac Jones B, I guess you'd say. <laughs> so number one Alabama, number seven Florida at seven o'clock on CBS Saturday night. 
Kaz, give me your predictions on the game and why that team will win. Ooh, I'm th- I, I, of course, I'm going to say Alabama. <laughs> I think Alabama is going to continue to roll with this. Uh, th- these games winning by you know scoring at least 35. So I, I think it's going to be 45, 24. That would be my guess. Alabama. I think Alabama comes out, um, you know, and, and continues their dominance on offense. Uh, but I think Florida puts up a fight at least through the first half. Um, and I, I think it's kind of a shootout first half. And then, you know, if Alabama can pull away by a touchdown or two, get, getting into third, you know, you're going to see Najee Harris football and just a lot of Najee Harris to run the clock off and just hopefully keep Trask off the field. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm ho- I think it's going to be a good game. And I'm, as an Alabama fan, I'm hoping I'm kicked back and not worried about stuff about the end of the third, mid to late third quarter. That's what I'm hoping. Cass, man. Thank you for being on the sweet spot, dude. Uh, so good to have you as a guest, and you know, good to hear from you, man. Always, man. It's always uh, I, I would love to be on the show, I and mean, thanks for having me. And uh, all the best, man. If I hope to see you before Christmas, if I don't, Merry Christmas to you, man. Merry Christmas to you and your family, man. Give them all my love, and uh, hope to see you guys again soon, man. You will, man. Oh, and I forgot, uh, roll tide, man. Good luck to your Crimson Tide this weekend. All right. Thanks, Corey. Take care, man. That was my guy, Kaz Espy, sharing his take on what he believes will happen for the Crimson Tide in the SEC Championship game. You also heard from Craig Dempsey representing his Florida Gators. He gave us his take as well. For me, I think Alabama's going to win the SEC Championship title as well, which would be their fifth title in seven years. You know, I just think that balanced attack that Alabama has will prove to be too much for the Gators. I mean, look out for Najee Harris to have a breakout type game. Well, I'm not going to say breakout because he's had several breakout games, but watch for him to be the star in this game because we all know about Mac Jones and Devontae Smith, John Mechie. That passing game is lethal. But this rushing attack still doesn't seem to get the praise that it deserves, and I think Najee Harris could have a big day similar to Isaiah Spiller for Texas A&M, the game that he had against Florida back in October when he ran for 174 yards and two touchdowns. I think Najee Harris could have a day very similar to that. So I have Alabama winning 38-23. to I'm going to say two touchdowns and three field goals with Evan McPherson's leg. I think they'll have a few scoring drives, more field goals than touchdowns. But hopefully uh, it's a very competitive game nonetheless. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Care Animal Center is a business ministry partner with the Joy FM. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that's dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is care-animal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. Phone 334-794-6333. 
Denny Vision is a proud supporter of the Joy FM, and their number one priority is patient satisfaction. They strive to provide a positive experience from the moment each person walks into the office. Denny Vision has an optical lab to create lenses on site, along with a selection of designer optical and sunglass frames. They focus on promoting good eye health while assisting patients in having the clearest vision possible. Their doctors help see the difference, which is their slogan. Located at 151 East Main Street in Dothan, online at DennyVision.com or phone 334-793-2633. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot as we close with today's Triple C segment, Corey's Closing Comments. This is what I want to share with you today. Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers recently signed a five-year, $190 million contract to rejoin the team. And this is one of his quotes that he shared when he re-signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. He said, that could have been a two-year or three-year deal, but I have to think about also the reality things too. I do have a little history with injuries and a two-year deal, you kind of better yourself. God forbid, knock on wood, something happens. So the part that really stood out to me is when he said, God forbid, knock on wood, something happens. Like, which one is it going to be? Are you placing your faith in God or are you placing your faith in a superstition? knock on wood I mean what does that even mean and to hear those things back to back it kind of showed me where his mindset really is like are you praying and declaring that you don't have any injuries or are you just going to go knock on a piece of wood and that should that should take care of it all so you know try not to get caught up in superstitions and certain sayings and certain uh, actions to try to prevent something from happening just place your faith in God and, and declare just prayers over your yourself and over your family and not get caught up in anything that's really unnecessary. And as we always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.